There's a lot of work that goes into influencer marketing like anything else. And the industry has changed, obviously, over the, the last few years. But it's still there's still a huge opportunity. There's still millions of influencers and there's still great products that match up perfectly with those influencers if you put in the time and effort. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today in studio, I've got joining me Shane Barker. Now, he is a uh, influencer marketing consultant, and he consults to Fortune 500 companies, celebrities, and A-listers. But I don't want you to tune out at this point. Uh, I had an absolutely awesome time and a great conversation with Shane. He is down to earth and he's going to share some really intimate details how regardless of the size of your company, whether you're a Fortune 500 company or you're a brand new startup, how you can take a look at influencer marketing and see if it's a way to leverage your brands, grow your business and increase your sales. So Shane has helped thousands of expert entrepreneurs expand their outreach and bolster their reputation using influencer marketing. So whether it's launching products or creating and converting these website traffic or building targeted sales funnels. So he works uh, daily to make sure that brands like Puma and IMAX stay relevant and influential. His wheelhouse also includes business development, marketing, blueprints, SEO, and social media marketing. And as you'll hear him talk a little bit later in this episode as well, his expertise in content marketing. So in that realm, he practiced what he preaches on content marketing. He's a top contributor at Inc. Magazine, Huffington Post, and has been named one of the top Salesforce influencers for his viral article, 15 Ways to Write Better Content for Social Media Marketing Campaigns. So I think you're going to enjoy this uh, episode. Make sure you've got a pen and paper handy. There's lots of information that's going to come at you. And I would challenge you to uh, listen uh, deeply to what he's got to say. There's uh, We're going to cover a couple of topics. We're going to spend most of our time talking about influencer marketing and kind of what it is, what it isn't, and how to navigate that water. And at the very end, we're going to wrap up with the discussion on what would it be like to be an influencer. So if you're someone who's thinking, hey, not only could I use this for my business, but I have influence in my social media following what you need to do to get there. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Shane Barker to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Well, welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today, Shane. I'm super excited to talk to you today and to learn all there is to know in 30 minutes about influencer marketing. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, it's gonna be a quick one today. <laughs> we're gonna get it all in there. 30 minutes or bust. Well, I mean, that's the mentality of people looking at these shiny new objects. They, they, they walk by, they glance by, they hear, hear a Gary Vee video and they go, I must, I must do that. And off they yeah. go. That's it. I mean, that's usually all it takes, right? All you got to do is watch the 30 seconds of Gary Vee and then all of a sudden all the, all the moons will align. So do you want to um, just share with our audience a little bit of your background and you know, what you guys are doing and what you're doing with your agency? Yeah. So 
I've been in the digital space for 20 something years, really kind of hold myself up through SEO and social media. And really, it's come down to a point where we do a lot of consulting and we do uh, the driving of traffic. And so it's like PR, the driving of traffic and being able to do get better SEO rankings. And so we do a lot of content marketing. So we do about I work, I write for about 100 plus websites, the Inc, the Forbes, all the other fun stuff in regards to that. And so we all of our leads that we get are inbound. So we help our clients do the same thing. So about um, being getting content out there and getting, you know, whatever your startup is or your, your company is, um, and being able to help them get exposure and drive the right type of traffic. So that, and then today what we're going to talk about is influencer marketing, where um, I'm actually an instructor at UCLA, where I teach a personal branding and how to be an influencer course. So I've been doing the influencer, been in the influencer space for probably about five or six, maybe seven years now. I'm not really good with numbers, but I'm better with influencer marketing. <laughs> um, and we've been doing it for for a long time. We've had a, a lot of you know great success stories and we've learned a lot through the years and, and our big things we talked about a little bit earlier is education. We really want to really, really want to tap into that and help brands and agencies better learn how to work with influencers and do things the right way. Because, you know, you read these great stories about influencer marketing. Oh, I spent $1. I made $4. I made $7. I made $10. That's all awesome. Right. And you can do the same thing with SEO, but they're you got to put in work and there's certain things that you need to do to put in place to be able to make sure you have a successful campaign. So, you know, it's a, it's a piece of the, you have your toolbox of all your marketing stuff. Influencer marketing is one of your pieces in there that should tie into your content that should also tie into your SEO. There's a lot of other things that go into that. Well, I'm really, you know, happy to hear you say that. I mean, it's not a one, one um, tactic approach. Like you said, it's part of your marketing mix. So in terms of educating, just share with us uh, what, is influencer marketing. So we hear the term and everyone thinks, oh, I'll just get the Kardashians to, uh, to you know, do a blog post of my new lipstick or whatever, and I'll be a zillionaire. Yeah, yeah. And it's not highly recommended. Nothing, nothing against the Kardashians, um, unless you got a million or two just to blow, and then you can see what happens. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> up to you, obviously. It's your brand. I'm not here to judge it. But um, really, it comes down to influencer marketing is really having somebody that has influence, right? So we're talking about can be a, a journalist, it can be a blogger, it can be somebody on TikTok, it can be Instagram, it can be whatever, where they've built a community and they have some type of influence over that community where you as a brand or service can tap into those influencers and develop some type of relationship with them and within sense with them talking to their audience and kind of educating the audience on the new product or service that you have and developing some kind of relationship there, right? The Kardashians are an example in the sense that Obviously, they've you know they're all about exposure, right? And so the thing is, they they themselves have went from just kind of no names to in a situation where everybody knows about them because they put everything out there. So they're influencers in the sense that they've built a conglomerate, they've built these things, and each one of the sisters have their makeup and have all this stuff that they're doing. They're a great example of somebody that once again was wasn't doing really too much and then all of a sudden came on the radar and became an influencer because of the way that they were doing things. Whether that's right or wrong is all, you know, negotiable. But the the thing is is they've built they're a great example of they they weren't actresses. They weren't doing anything at that certain point. Their dad was, I think, wasn't he like a then he worked for, I think, Simpson, OJ Simpson or something. I think he was like an attorney for them or something. Anyways, not to get into that. But the point being is that they were somebody that didn't have a lot of influence and they've built influence really out of nothing. Um, and now you see them today, obviously they have their own brands. And I think one of the daughters just is a billionaire now because of her makeup line. And that's all done through influencer marketing because she's an influencer and the things that they do now, now they're a conglomerate in the sense that they're a media conglomerate, that they have TV, they have radio, they have this, they have products, they have, you know, 
married to Kanye West, which would be super interesting, I'm sure, on the weekends. But <laughs> right, I mean, there's this thing. So they've built this this big thing up, and now it's something pretty crazy. So yeah, that's at one end of the spectrum. Then we come back to reality, saying, okay, I have a company, and I've I've got you know some digital assets, and I've got a team, uh, and I want to you know I want to add this to my uh, my media and my marketing mix. Yeah. So you know, what sort of advice do you generally give businesses when they come to you and say, hey, I want to I want to learn to do this, or maybe they hire you to do this as a done for you or done with you service? Yeah. So we actually do both. So we do, what I like to do is the consulting side of things. Cause for me, I'd rather educate. I have a three month program that I do like a one week call and I educate people. There's like 12 pillars that I've put together on how to do a successful marketing campaign, like really educating them by the end of it. They, they should be at a spot where they can be successful with it. We also do, like I was telling you, the workshops as well, where I actually go into you know a big company and say, Hey, we'll do an eight hour workshop. They actually have workbooks and they go through everything and really, really educate them on how to do things. So if you are a, a agency or a brand and you want to work, let's say you say, hey, Shane, uh, you might be too expensive for me, but I want to, or at least I want to go in there and learn more about influencer marketing. There's tons of stuff online, right? I mean, you can go to my blog and you can join the newsletter. We write about it constantly, right? On different things that are happening, cool things that are happening. Even if you are going to hire somebody to be a mentor or whatever, or a consultant, I would, I would, you need to go and kind of Go out there and get some information, right? Go out there and take a look around, get a better idea of how other companies are doing it. I mean, I write about it. There's a lot of the, the gentlemen that I work with, other consultants that write about it all the time. Go in there. This is not a, not only influencer marketing. This is SEO. This is anything you do. You should go and try to get at least a basic knowledge of what we have going on. Like I have a ebook that I have that you can download. If you looked up influencer marketing ebook, I think we're number one. You can go and download that and get some really good information on so you don't go in and go hey i've heard this i've heard this you really want to like really really educate yourself and that's not a you know we talked about this a little earlier it's just about follower counts and there's a lot of things that i go over in the ebook that are some very very common mistakes that people make because they assume once again just because you have a a large followership that you're instantly going to move the needle and everything is going to be great and then you know you're going to make zillions of dollars there's a lot of work that goes into influencer marketing like anything else. And the industry has changed, obviously, over the, the last few years. But it's still there's still a huge opportunity. There's still millions of influencers and there's still great products that match up perfectly with those influencers if you put in the time and effort. Well, and as I shared uh, with you before we started recording, I was really you know excited at, after reading your article, The Four Ways to Increase Sales with Micro-Influencers or yeah. Micro-Influence Marketing, because I think for me, what it did is it brought it home that you know you don't need to think of the big, big celebrities. There's a way to identify, find uh, smaller, as you call them, micro-influencers, which likely have uh, less people knocking at the door, who likely charge uh, less uh, or may even just do a product review. Yeah. And it may be a way for people to step into the market and, and, you know, without looking at the TV and reading all the big press and the big guys and get a better result that's more organic. Yeah, this is the thing is like, if you, if you have a, if you're going to spend a lot of money on influencer marketing, hands down, try to find an agency or find somebody to work with. And I'm not just saying that because that's what I do consulting side. I'm telling you that because you can make a mistake and lose $50,000. Right. And I can guarantee you that I'm a lot cheaper than $50,000 to come in your office and train everybody how to do that. So this is now if you don't have a budget, a big budget, and what I would say is like, hey, I'm not saying that don't hire a consultant, but what I would say is that you can go in and read some of these articles talking about micro-influencers. Don't go and put all your budget into one person, right? Because that's a scary situation, right? I mean, the idea of this is you don't really know 
what influencers are going to work. You're not sure which platform is going to work. You have probably a general idea. One of the biggest things is before you go and pitch influencers and get all this, you have to know who your avatar is. Who is your, in theory, what you think your perfect client is. Yep. Right. And so now that you know who your perfect client is, now you go find influencers and you use all this great software that's out there and you can go and take a look at it and say, okay, this is Jennifer. She's an influencer. I'm really looking for my product is a, it's a yoga based product, but it's mainly towards the female demographic. Jennifer's a yoga instructor. She has 85% that they're a female demographic and most of them are, you know, 50% are in California and we want to start local in California, whatever that is. Now you have that influencer. Now that's you know, it takes some softwares and it takes some looking around. But once you find those individuals, then you grab a list and then you go. And I actually, I look at them. I physically look at every single one of them. And I also do interviews, right? You have to realize that you want to make sure this is not a marriage by any means, but you're definitely bringing two parties together, right? So for me, I want to better understand the influencer. If they know about my company, if they know anything about my client, if they've looked into anything, if they've worked with any potential competitors, what about their competitors? Have you seen any campaigns they've put together? Like, for me, I'm looking for a deeper relationship. Like if you just send an influencer a free product and expect for them to go and do a review when you haven't talked about it, you're going to lose a lot of free product. I'm <laughs> yeah, just telling yeah, you, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. the thing is, it really comes down to the terms and putting the brief together and better understanding what is your goal of your campaign or what are you trying to get out of this? If you, you know, just as an example, I mean, I, I know influencers that get, that you can go to their house and they have boxes and boxes and boxes of unopened stuff. And that's just people that are willing to send them free stuff, but they didn't have any terms tied to it. Like you were just like, hey, if, if you like it, like, would you maybe potentially, if you get time, it's up to you or not, uh, write a review if you like it, just let me know. <laughs> it's like, you, you, you just have to, that's the problem is you have to come to terms and figure out what you're looking for and have a clear definition of what that is and see if it makes sense. That's the beauty of it is there's millions of influencers. There's influencers for the weirdest niches. I was just telling the story I was uh, one of the keynote speakers in, in Mexico City for the first ever influencer marketing summit they had out there. One of the gentlemen that was there, an influencer, his profile is all about pink. That's it. Like he's a pink influencer. Like literally he came out in a pink suit, pink shoes, pink hat. He looked like a, a pink pimp, like literally. <laughs> yeah. So, but what was interesting is that he had anything that was pink, that was a product. It was cars. It was Avon did a thing with him. They, he had these big companies he, very specific what he talked about, which was pink. And now you'd have these companies that would go and reach out to him. So that's what's interesting is you can find these individuals that can fit with your product that can be across of a number of different things that could be really perfect for your brand. The key is, is people look at followership and they think that person must be good because they have a lot of followers instead of really looking at the individual numbers and the actual profile. Well, and that's what we talked about. You said you actually do, what do you call it? A screen test when you actually look at the profile? Yeah. I mean, I, I look at every single one. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, if we're looking at, we want to grab 20 influencers and we grab a list of 150, let's say, um, I myself, or I, obviously my team and I've trained, but I tell them this is what we're looking for. Like you can look at software and get like, oh, engagement rates and how many likes and all that stuff. That's a great start. Right. But at the end of the day, if I go to a profile and they're like, God, this guy's got an 8% engagement rate. I'm like, this must be our guy. This is super awesome. And then what do I do? I go over to his profile and uh, 300 of his comments are emojis, smiley hearts and faces <laughs> yeah, yeah. and thumbs up. And I'm like, that's not engaged. I mean, can you imagine if Doug, you walk into my restaurant and, and you were like, Hey, you know, we're here to get a seat. And I just gave you a thumbs up or a, or a heart emoji. 
that's not engagement, right? We're not really having a conversation. It's kind of weird. That would be really weird, actually. Well, I think but that right- some of those guys are probably paid engagement as well, where they're getting, they're paying for likes and they're paying for shares and retweets. So like you said, it's not real. It's not authentic. You can tell pretty quickly that it's it's not the real deal. Exactly. And that's the issue is people use software and software is great to, to filter down that list. But if you don't give it the eyeball test where you're looking at this and, and then I also do the interview, I'll go and talk to and say, listen, this is just want to know this is the brand. This is some information. You need to make sure it's a good fit. Any just about any influencer will take your money. Right. For the most part, hopefully they don't if it's not a good fit and yeah. hopefully you're not pitching the wrong influencers. But the idea is. You want to educate the influencer on why this is going to be a good partnership, how you're going to help them out, whether it's financial, whether it's going to be some kind of a value trade, like, hey, I, you know, I, you're an influencer and I love your content. I'd be willing to give you free three t-shirts or worth $100. And I understand your content. I understand you have a full team. I would actually have my videographer and photographer come down there. No charge to you. All we need is two hours of your time. Is that worth $100 in free t-shirts? That's cool. Sure. Right? Like how do you, right? The idea of this is, Influencers, if you're a, a influencer of that, they're getting pitched 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 times a week easily, right? So the problem is, is how do you differentiate yourself, right? And most of the time, it's like, hey, we'll give you a free product or something. Not say that doesn't work with some influencers, but really at the end of the day, you can't make an assumption. If you look at somebody's content, they've got, let's say, 50,000 followers, good engagement, content's absolutely epic. Obviously, they've probably got a team, right? They got a videographer, they got a photographer, they've, you know, so you can't assume that they're going to take your free, you know, $10 t-shirt and go do spend eight hours out on a beach with their whole team doing a for your $10 shirt, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. So you, you have to kind of figure that out in every influencer. The big question we get is like, how do you, how do I pay an influencer? Like, what should I pay them? Well, everybody's different. I mean, I can tell you that we've reached out to influencers in We'll just tell them, hey, listen, we do have a budget, but we're also looking at this. Just if you're honest with them of what you're looking for, you would be surprised. Some of them already know who your brand is. And if they don't, that's fine. But if you know, you're Nike or Adidas, of course, if I'm an influencer, I'm probably going to take just about any deal you give me because I want to be able to say in the future, this is what we do at UCLA, the branding, personal branding, that I've worked with Nike or Adidas. Right. Yep. Right. So the idea of this is all foundational. So there's two sides. Brands need to, once again, be honest about what they're offering put that campaign together, reach out to the influencer and then put in some work, actually talk to the influencer and see where they're at and see if they're a good fit. It's important. Well, and I'm, I'm assuming too, that if you talk to the influencer, like you said, you're going to see if it's a good fit. And you know, if I like somebody, I'm willing to do a lot more for them than somebody I don't really know who just wants to send me a check. That's exactly it. And you're building rapport. That interview, really what you're letting the influencer know is that I'm taking the time to make sure that you're going to be a good for, fit for me as well, Yeah, which is important. If you, I guarantee you most influencers, not all, and I'm not trying to put them all in one category. If you say, hey, I've got $1,000, I'm willing to give $1,000 for a picture, 90% of the people that read that are going to say, yep, sounds good. Let's do it, right? But the problem is, is you need to protect your brand. You need to make sure it's a good fit. It's, the, it's not the influencer's responsibility to tell you, hey, I really don't think you should do that. You should do this, 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 and this. Because, right, most influencers aren't marketers. And like you said, it's also about not only, um, you know, making sure it's a good fit, but setting expectations to find out, oh, great, you you did this picture, but now I don't have the right to use it. That's exactly it. I mean, I, I talk to to influencers, and I like I said, these summits that I speak at, I went to one, and um, it was the first day, and there was some influencer, some uh, YouTube influencers up there. And I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, just out of curiosity, I didn't know I was speaking the next day, I don't think. But I was like, just curious, like, do you guys, what kind of reporting do you guys give to the brands? 
they're like, we, we don't do any reporting. Like we've never had a brand ask for any reporting. I'm like, what? I didn't say that. Wow. But in my head, I'm like, how do, how do you know if anything was successful? Like I had a thousand more questions, but I didn't want to be that guy. Cause then the next day they would all <laughs> go to my, to my thing and be like, Oh, we got some questions for you. Like you want to be, you know, the dude yeah. from yesterday, I'll be the, the people from today. So, you know, it, but it really comes down to that. You know, the problem is if you have a brand that read an article for every dollar in influencer marketing, you make $10. And if the influencer doesn't, ask some qualifying questions, like kind of tell me about your brand. Like, what are your goals? Like, what are we looking at here? Well, I want to give you a free $10 t-shirt and I want to sell $10,000 with a product. That's probably not going to happen with one post, right? So you, yeah. it comes down to that expectation because a lot of the times, and this is, this is with anything, not just influencer marketing. When people reach out to me on my website, I have qualifying questions because I want to know where your head's at, right? I mean, do you have sales? Do you have, this is the kind of things I want to know ahead of time before I jump on a call with you. Influencers should do the same thing of like, what are you looking for here? Like, hey, you have a budget of $1,000. What was your goal? Our goal is to get more likes. Our goal is to, you know, we're going to give you a specific code. We're looking to do a, a 10 review campaign or whatever this is. And what we're looking to do is we'd like to be able to break even on this and build a longer term relationship with you. That sounds pretty realistic, right? I think that's what we can do. If you want to make $10,000 on one post of me posting, then that's we got to kind of talk this thing out. It's not that necessarily I want more money, but it's a frequency deal. These days, it's if you're a brand and you're only going to do one piece of content with an influencer, be careful of that, right? I mean, we're down to the point where marketing is where you see things, what, five or six or seven times, and then you go buy it, right? Yep. So it's that influencer marketing in the beginning was all I would do is grab a, a creatine and I'd be like, today I'm taking creatine and, and I'm going to be bigger and, and I'm big anyways. I've got big old <laughs> muscles. And they're like, God, that must work. And they buy it. That was influencer sure. marketing five years ago. Influencer marketing today, <laughs> you have to be very creative. They got production teams. They've, it's it's a different deal. It's a little bit. You don't need to be salesy, salesy, but it's a consistent, it's a frequency thing. You have to do it over and over and over, and it really then the audience starts to goes, okay. So I think Shane really is using that creatine because he showed it a few times, and he's getting a little bigger and stuff. It looks like he's losing a little bit of that beer belly that he's had. You know, things are looking a little better. Maybe the creatine does make sense. It's a little bit of a longer sales cycle. Well, and that makes sense. I mean, you you wouldn't, um, if you were buying advertising, so I mean, if you're the VP of marketing, you're not going to go into a publication and buy one ad once. You're going to look at at some sort of program and some sort of frequency. There's, I have not found anywhere in my life, anyhow, a magic bullet where you can just pull the trigger once, put $1,000 down, get a 10x return. No, no, no. I'm, now, I'll tell you, influencer marketing, five or six years ago, we had some pretty juicy stuff. It was pretty crazy, like... I mean, I wouldn't always, you know, tell people that's what was going to happen, but we had some cool, like I, one of my, one of the, when I go and speak, one of the, the things I talk about is one of my old clients, Zoe, we got her from 400,000 at 1.6 million, but she was like a millionaire. She was 23 years old. She was a, selling fitness eBooks. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Cool. Dude, it was, I, when I first interviewed you, her, like kind of qualifying her, I thought she was lying to me. She goes, yeah, I make, yeah, I make like 400,000 a year. And I'm like, she's got to be lying to me. There's no way she's I like, I couldn't get anybody <laughs> to give me their email address to download a free ebook that I was offering. And I'm like, this girl is selling 400. She's doing 35,000 a month. Yeah. And she was like embarrassed. She's like, I, I just, I'm just trying to improve. And, and I'm like, how many people on your team? She's like one, I'm like you're making 35 grand as a 23 year old fitness person. Like you gotta be kidding me. So anyways, it, it, I mean, it's, it is possible, but I'm with you. If it's, if somebody says, I'm going to get you on the first page of Google for 99 bucks run. If influencer marketing, you do one campaign, you should be able to quadruple all of your money. Please run. Like be a little scared of that kind of stuff. If it's too good to be true, sounds too good to be true. There's old saying that, oh, it probably is. 
So how much of a long game is it? So, you know, realistically, if you're going to put together, um, spend some time with your team and like, you know, like you said, know who your kind of your, your avatar is and, and identify um, some influencers and say, okay, fine, let's do a buy and let's look at four or five or six influencers and, and run a test and see what we get for ROI. Yeah. Is that a, a 30 day project, a 60 day project? Is that a six month project? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on your product and service and exactly where you're trying to line that up with, right? So if you have a launch or something like that, I mean, this is the thing. Usually it can be a pretty quick process depending on the influencer um, and their calendar and what they're putting together. It depends on what you're asking them to do, right? So if I said, hey, I need you to do a YouTube video, we're going to do two Instagram stories, you're going to do three pictures on Instagram, and then I want you to do a blog post. And then you go, okay, well, the video is probably going to take me a month because I got to get my team together. You got to get the products in. We got to do this. We got to set everything up. It's It really comes down to what they're going to be providing for you for the for the services that or the money that you're going to be giving them or whatever you're trading out there, right? So it really comes down to – so this is the thing. If I had something I wanted to launch in three months, I would start my campaigns and looking for my influencers now. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to yeah. get at is, you know, what's the ramp up time? I mean, you do the same thing if you're doing any other sort of production. Yeah. You'd kind of work backwards, say, this is my launch time. Now, what are all the assets I need to produce exactly. and what are the time frames to get that done? So someone's not phoning you, hey, Shane, I heard you in the podcast and I'm doing a launch next week. Yeah. I'm like, well, the, in that situation, what I do is it's the same thing when I used to do crowdfunding and people would say, hey, my thing went live and I've got two weeks. I would tell them to invest in a Bible and pray. Because that's the only <laughs> thing that's going to be able to help. Not really. I was not that mean. But, you know, it, it come, like anything else, it's, there's that ramp up period of prepping and getting things all ready when it comes to whatever it is. Influencer marketing is definitely one of those. You want to make sure you have that time to go and really do the research. You want to spend that time. It's important. So for our audiences listening, saying, okay, yeah, I've seen this, I've seen people doing this. What are kind of, you know, the first couple steps? I guess one is your mindset saying, hey, this might be a fit. Yeah, it really is. You, you first, you want to figure out like, do you think this is my product or service? Do I think that like, first of all, who is your audience, right? Who am I going after? Yep. And can I find an influencer that has an audience that resonates with that or is part of that is that demographic? And then what do we, how do we want to test this? Right. And do I think like, do I have a budget to be able to put that together or what is what am I going to be trading with the influencer, whether that's, you know, resources or whatever that is. Hey, we're going to promote you, your content. We're going to put it on our website. We're going to put you on our flyers. We're going, you know, what are you doing here? What is that trade out? And then really it comes down to actually putting the campaign together. So you go, you look, look at the influencers, you kind of do a little check of the, their profiles. Now you do the outreach, you figure out what you're going to offer in the outreach. Um, another thing that's important is that when you're pitching influencers, don't just send a templated email to everybody, right? Customize it a little bit. Show that you've done a little research. Like, hey, Jennifer, I see that you're a yoga instructor and in, you know, in, in Sacramento. Also, congratulations, you had a baby three months ago. That's super awesome. We're a new product based out of Sacramento. We're a you know patented yoga product that floats in the air and we're looking for people to float, you know, whatever it is, right? Like now you okay, now she goes, okay, well, that's at least they've looked into me. It's not a templated email that gets sent out to, to 10,000 yoga instructors. Hey, looking for a yoga instructor, we'll pay cash. You know, let me know if you're interested. Right. It's yep. got to be better than that. Well, and I think that the, you know, that those bad habits aren't just uh, limited to um, obviously to reaching out to influencers. We see them and you probably see them as a podcaster. You see them come through your email box. You see them come in your social media posts. So there's really, you know, really haven't taken any time. You've just gone done a pray and spray and hope that somebody picks it up. Yeah, and it's the problem is once again I go back to this. Influencers get pitched a lot if they're if they're doing big things and they're, you know, they're what I mean is they have a you know good followership seems to be engaged and they're doing some stuff with sponsors. 
this is what I recommend is you always, when you're sending an email, be honest with what you're looking for, right? Because here's the thing. This is what I do. If I do like an expert roundup or I do something like this, or I don't, I would prefer that you kind of tell me most of the nuts and bolts. I don't want to have to go back and forth 20 emails to find out the, of what we're, what's going on here, right? Like I like to get some information, enough information to be dangerous for me to go, this sounds like something I want to do or it's something I don't want to do, right? You yeah. don't have to figure out all the terms there, but be honest with what you're offering, right? Like, hey, I'll just let you know this is a thing. I don't have a huge budget. We're a startup. Um, I do like the vibe. I like the content you produce. But what I'm looking to do is I'm looking for somebody to be the face of the company or I'm looking for somebody to do this or I'm looking for somebody to do that, um, and this is how I think it can be fair to you is that I actually have a videographer, my brother, who's worked with these certain influencers. Here goes some of his content. He would be willing to come out and do a free session with you on the weekends. Offer something up, like offer something where I look at that and I go, you know what? I'm an influencer. I've got time on a Saturday for two hours. I get free product. I get content that they're going to be producing that I get access to. You know, I know that the goal is at the end of the day, they just want to test this thing out. They don't expect to get $10,000 in sales from, you know, a, a, a one minute video or whatever that is. But it just comes down to being on the same page and understanding the terms and then, you know, obviously managing that expectation. Well, and I think that, you know, that's an encouraging message. I mean, because it doesn't really mean that every time you're going to do this, you have to pull out your checkbook and write a really big check. And I mean, at some point, I guess when you scale, you're going to need to do that, but it's a starting point. So it doesn't always have to be just about the money. It's finding someone who aligns with your brand that kind of buys into your story. And like you said, finding something that works for both of you. And it's, it's the same thing with like PPC. In PPC, you don't have to go spend $10,000 to find a working funnel. Like you can literally spend $100 on different funnels and you, get, and you see what starts to work. And you're like, okay, I'm getting a conversion rate of 8% on this. I should put $10,000 there. Like if you're just starting off, you really shouldn't jump into influencer marketing with $100,000 without having somebody help you along the way. Because then you have the potential of really losing some money. You don't have to go that crazy. And the idea is, is go and find these little groups of influencers. And now what you're doing is you're doing a little bit of an A-B test. You're kind of seeing what works, right? This You have an influencer that could have 5,000 followers and one that has a million. And you could see better results with the one at 5,000 from an ROI perspective, right? Because you're spending less money on that person. That person might be more motivated because they haven't worked with a lot of people. And this is what, and they obviously want to use you as a case study. Hey, I'm an influencer. I worked with ABC Yoga Company. And what they did is I only have 5,000 followers, but we did this campaign. I only charged $500, but we did $10,000 in sales. That's gold. Sure. Yep. Right? I mean, that's. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Just had that conversation with somebody yesterday. I said, spend half my time talking my clients into spending less money testing media. I said, it's easy to spend money. So let's start with a smaller budget, get, find out what works. And when we get the ROI, then it's easy to ramp it up. But let's not go crazy today. It's, this is the thing. I'm not going to tell you the company because they're huge and they, they probably potentially are listening. But I did do a speech I'm trying to think how I can like candy coat this without like giving out any of the details. I was at it. I did a speech last, um, last week in St. Louis. And one of the ladies that was there said, oh, you know, I, I work with a certain company, huge, huge brand and said, who do you, do you think we should do more micro influencers or macro influencers? Right. And I said, well, here's the thing. I don't really think there's a fair percentage. I can't tell you what's going to, that would be based off of followership. And we got to be really kind of a little careful of that. And she goes, well, because here's the thing. And when she kind of told me some stuff and I was like, well, let's talk when I get off stage. Should I come down there? And she goes, yeah, we, we do a lot. We spend a lot of money on the macro influencers. Um, and then it's because we just throw the money away on the micro. And I said, well, what do you, you know, what's your definition of throw away? And she goes a million dollars. 
Like we just have a million dollars. We throw it at these micro influencers. We give them pictures of whatever the product is. I can't tell you, but they give you, they give them a picture and they, they do no reporting. Like they're like, we don't even look into it. And I'm like, that, that makes, that makes my heart hurt. Like, I, I don't know, yeah. like, how do you, and they're, they're a billion, billion dollar brand, but I'm like, you still have to care about that. Like you shouldn't, you should be looking at something because you could find one of these micro influencers that is going to be half of the cost, one tenth of the cost of one of your macros. And they could be doing three times as much work and moving the needle a lot more than the, some of the bigger ones, with the bigger budgets. I mean, just depends on what you're looking for. What is your goal? Is your goal just to get, you know, once again, Kim Kardashian to say that she likes Pepsi? Then that's awesome. And that's not the brand, by the way. So anybody that thought they just caught me saying the brand, you, you did not catch me. You did not. I'm still keeping secrets. Right. So, but that's. And I might, I might talk to you off here. I, like, I, I clicked on your, your Instagram and I went, hey, I was just down at the arch. We were down for a men's retreat. There's a, I'm in a mastermind uh, and we're awesome. in St. Louis. So we, we stayed down by the smokehouse and every morning we get up and do a little run. Sugar fire? Like a physical run to be part of Sugar fire? Was that where you guys went? For food? Barbecue? Yeah. There was uh, there was half a dozen that oh. we went to because we're down there for for the three days. We ate a lot of smoked meat, Man. and but we got up and we did like a five k run or a couple mile run to Starbucks every morning, and then had a walk back along the waterfront under the arch. Dude, that place I love. I know we're diverting, we're kind of going off to the side. I, that arch was awesome. I, that was the first time I'd been to St. Louis, and I I went to Sugar Fire. I'm with you. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I, every morning I would go on my little 10 mile run, walk, whatever I would do. <laughs> yeah. And I would plug myself. I try to plug every artery that I had available with some kind of brisket or some kind of ribs. It was awesome. I mean, I really, yeah, it was good. Good times. Yeah. Good times for sure. It's good. I mean, it fills up your arteries. It helps my posture. It keeps me straighter because I get my arteries. Get That's stuff. it. I, I was actually, I came yeah. back two inches taller. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, back to back to influencers. So why don't you share with us kind of the education stuff you're doing? So you know we got people that are listening, going, "Hey, that's really cool. I can go online. I can I can read. And I can get to a certain point, but I really need someone to hold my hand to make sure that I don't screw up because you know I'm working for someone else, or you know I've got a limited budget. I, I don't have the million dollars to to test my influencer campaign. I've got a thousand dollars. Yeah. So how do you help? Uh, how do you help people like that with the various levels of training that you guys have? Yeah. So there's, there's obviously different levels to it. We have either the in-house training where I actually fly out and I would actually do the training in front of a sales team, marketing team, whatever that would be. And then what I really do is like a, is what we call it a needs assessment, right? So I really would come in and say, we would start off and say, okay, let me figure out what you guys are currently doing with influencer marketing. That doesn't have to be in person, but sometimes it is or in, in-house. And then really kind of understand where they're at, right? Because there's there also could be different departments. Like Amazon is an example. They had different departments that were doing different things and they weren't necessarily talking together. So I go, okay, we have three departments that are coming in. Let me figure out where everybody's at and, and do a needs assessment on you guys might be a little different than them. You guys might be going after B2B instead of B2C. So I really kind of assess the whole situation. Now, if you're not an Amazon and don't have unlimited budgets, then then we can talk about doing some kind of a, a consulting where we do the three-month thing. It's a the 12-pillar thing where I actually will have my team help you find lists of influencers. We'll educate you along the way and show you what we're doing. And that's the, the second level. And then the third level is we have these, like we just did one in San Francisco. We charged, it was only 600 bucks. And what happened is we had, that's where we had Amazons and all these companies that would come in. And it was an eight-day, or eight-day, excuse me, eight-hour training um, where people can come in and once again, they get these great little booklets where they can, where it had all the slides and they can write down notes. 
And then we would have obviously question and answers. I would go over the basics of marketing and how to find influencers, how to negotiate with them, how to put your brief together, what you need to watch out for the FTC um, and really put that all together. And then we had some agencies and brands that would talk about and influencers where we did panels and talk to them. So that's another level. And then, you know, really at the end of the day, if people have questions and every time I do this for a podcast, I get like 5,000 emails and, and my assistant's like, why, <laughs> why, you know, you're not, you don't have to deal with those. I do. And I'm like, you know what, Ian, that's just the way it goes sometimes. But, but they can, people can reach out to me with specific questions as well. It says, you can reach out and say, hey, Shane, I was kind of interested in this or I was kind of looking at this. I usually have a blog post that I've written about it somewhere where I can share some general information and help people out. But I don't, you know, I try not to be, it's not all about money for me. It's about if I can help you make a right decision and not mess up somewhere, then that's, I'm always here to help and try to offer a helping hand for sure. That's really cool. So we'll get your details uh, in a couple of minutes, but let's just flip the table just a little bit. And for our listeners that have built up an audience of people that engage with them that uh, may be considering, hey, maybe I could be an influencer. Do you have any tips or tools or someplace you could point them to make sure that they get set up properly so they are attractive to someone like your company or a company that's looking to engage them? Yeah, this is a thing. And when we talk about the education, the disconnect with brands and influencers, to be an influencer doesn't take a lot. What I mean by that is you don't need to have a million followers. What I teach at UCLA is personal branding. It really comes down to building your brand. And an influencer is a brand, right? You're an individual, you are selling something, your product or service, whatever you have, and you're going to be selling this to a, to a brand or an agency. This is what you have to do. Everything's foundational. So if you first off need to start off with uh, Juan's Mexican restaurant around the corner from you and you're doing a promotion for them, start off small, right? You, it's all foundational. So you do something with Juan's Mexican restaurant and the next you know you're doing something with the shoe company and then doing this and you're kind of getting your feet wet, right? You're showing that you've worked with brands, you've put together campaigns and if they're successful, obviously, then you want to talk about them and use case studies. And then you want to build out some kind of a media kit, right? You want to say, my name is Shane. I have 10,000 Twitter followers. I have this. This is my engagement rate. These are the brands that I've worked with. These are my rates, you know, my, or, you know, or inquire with me about my rates. And I've seen your brand. And this is kind of what I'm thinking is that you guys have done a lot of stuff with these types of influencers. My audience loves this kind of content, as you can see from this picture here. I think that we should put a campaign together. It'd be a five thing campaign, whatever this is. And this is kind of what I was thinking in regards to content. Let me know if this is something that interests you. One thing that I don't see people doing is a, first of all, influencers need to put together a kit, right? You need to, you're going to be pitching somebody, right? You got to put something together, explain to a brand or an agency why they should work with you. Sure. Right. Cause most of them don't know. They really don't. They go and they read an article that I write and they're like, Jennifer must be great. Cause Shane wrote about him. I know our product doesn't make sense, but she has a lot of followers. Like we have to go <laughs> contact her. Right. Not the right way to go. But the idea of you want to make this into a business, you want to, once again, you want to build yourself up. Another thing that I would recommend if you're an influencer on YouTube or Instagram or some other place, and this is going to be super scary. I hope you guys are sitting down. You don't own that platform, right? So you have to be very careful of the only constant in life is that the algorithms for Instagram and all the other platforms will change. And it will probably <laughs> never favor you. Like, and I know that's a lot to take in. So I'm hopefully somebody's not driving or you have your seatbelt on. It, it won't favor you. Like they're, they're always going to tighten this thing back. The, Facebook and Instagram, they're always going to pull this thing back. And you know how you're going to be able to get more exposure? It's called paid. 
you're going to have to pay for it. So the reason why I'm telling people this. So why don't you reshare that again, just so people get it. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I love that message because you don't own it. And that doesn't mean you have the right to stay there forever either. This is a thing is they can turn your lights out at any point for any reason. And I've, I've seen it happen to influencers. So this is what I'm telling you. You have you've spent hundreds, millions, billions of hours on Instagram to get the perfect profile pictures, to get this up, to get this. So you, you know, you got your little pink dog, you got the caviar that you eat every day. You got your private jet that you fly out on. Life's good, right? And we, it's all fake, but it's okay. <laughs> the idea of this is you have to be very careful because at the end of the day, the algorithm, so you're getting tons of engagement, you can put out the same content, you can get a lot less engagement because there's more influencers, the algorithm changes. Instagram says, hey, I know before you're getting a lot of exposure, if you'd like to get that exposure again, why don't you go ahead and get out that credit card, go and pay us a little more money so we can open up that algorithm so more people can see. What I'm telling you is, is at any point, because you don't own that platform, things can change and they will change. They're always, it's never going to get better for you. Potentially, it's probably going to get worse because you're going to have to pay, right? Which is, I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay, but what I'm telling you is this things will change. You should always, things that you don't own, these profiles, these social profiles should always point to your website, some kind of a money page, something where you own, right? So it should be your name, your company name, something like that. These should all be tools for you being an influencer should be pointing to your website. I'm just saying that because you know, Instagram just came out with a thing that now you don't even have to leave Instagram to buy something. Yeah, right. Yeah, I saw and that. that. I just posted it yesterday. Right, yep. and so that changes things up a little bit. Not a bad thing. The change is not bad either. Like people get all nervous about this. If you own your your website and these things are all pushing towards it, then you're good. That way, if you have three things that are pushing the traffic there, you lose one. It sucks, but you're not down. But if you're a, an Instagram influencer. And you post post something that's racy or something funny, or you put, you know, you're in your boat and it's a little too racy of a picture, you can get shut down. And when you get shut down, it's very difficult to get your profiles back. And that can be your business overnight. So you really have to think about that from a standpoint of you want to make this into a true business, you have to diversify and do some other things when it comes to like assets. I think that's great advice. I think you're the first person who's actually said, you know, pay, you know, at some point you have to pay to play because I don't think people want to talk about it and goes, well, you know, it's, it's a free platform. It's like, yeah, it's a free platform, but they have to monetize somehow. So just think about it for a minute. I mean, they're not going to continue to provide you a free service so you can charge money as an influencer using their free platform. Things are always going to change, man. That's the only constant, right? And you have to realize that sometimes you might have to start. This is what I tell people. I know I, way too many influencers that made a ton of money, didn't save me any of it. And then all of a sudden, when an algorithm changes or they're asking to pay, like, I can't believe this. I'm like, you made a million dollars a year. Like, what do you, you're, this shouldn't be a shocker to you. Like, they're just looking to get a little more piece of the pie. And really, at the end of the day, if you want to get that same number, who cares that you pay $10,000 a month, yeah. right? If you're making a million, like, yeah, yeah. really think about it. I mean, I've had clients that have like, we've had almost drag out brawls kicking and screaming because like, yeah, but I shouldn't, I didn't have to pay before. I'm like, dude, you're making a million dollars, bud. Like, I think you're missing, and you need to start saving more money and quit going out. I've been looking at your pictures, by the way. You need to say, <laughs> you know, you're, it's not always going to be this way. Things change, right? And that's okay. But you need, you know, this is all for you younger influencers right now that are drinking beer and it's 2 p.m. You need to save that money, folks. You need to put that money in a bank account or something. But it's just, it's important because it might not always be there. And there's always going to be things that change and you got to kind of roll with the punches. 
Yep, you can wake up tomorrow morning and see that your account's been suspended, taken down, or like you said, you've got zero engagement on your last post. I mean, that's it. And who knows? And that could be for whatever. You could be putting out the exact same content that was super epic a week ago. This is the thing is that things change and you just got to be kind of ready for that stuff. Great advice and great advice when you're when you're hiring the marketers as well or hiring people to work with you. I mean, things change uh, on their side as well. So whether you're the influencer or you're the agency, um, you know, like you said, things are changing every day. Yeah, that's it. You got to be ready for some punches. You got to be able to bob and weave or weave and bob. Depends on what day it is. <laughs> Depends which microbrew you're at when you're having your, uh, your smoke brisket. Oh, you are looking at my Instagram. See, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah. Tell you, that was a whew, God, that was a good time. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you where, to, where the cheapest place to buy the Opus is as well. <laughs> Off I air. love it. I don't, I don't want to rush. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to give up my wine secrets. <laughs> Two things. Uh, who's one guest that you think I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Oh, I'm going to tell you who it is. And now this is, now he's a, he's a client. So I'm, I'm, but I'm not saying this because he's a client. I'm saying it because he's a super awesome guy. His name's Chris Rudin. And the reason why, the reason why you need to have him is this, is he, he does do some marketing, but I, he might have me doing his marketing, but he's good at content. But the reason why I'm telling you this is Chris Rudin actually has seven fingers. He has seven fingers. He actually has a prosthetic arm and he's actually a power list for, he's lifted 650 pounds. Wow. And he was just on the rocks TV show, the uh, Titan games Yeah, when rock had him on there. And he was, and he's also diabetic. He was uh, diagnosed with diabetes at 19 and he's a good friend. He's been a client of mine for a long time. And now he's doing a lot of speaking events and stuff like that. I'm not saying that because he's my client, but really just a genuine guy doing good stuff. Went out to Africa and did some things, um, helped some people out there. And his thing is less about money and more about making an impact. So he's he's a super awesome guy and he's somebody I think you should have on the podcast. Amazing. Hey, that's really cool. Yeah, we've been watching Titan Games. It's been interesting. Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking, man, I got to step up my CrossFit, but I'm a little bit older than those guys, so I don't think I'll be. Uh, I don't think I'll be on Titan Games in, until they get a get one for grandparents. For seniors, so. yeah, I'll be on that too. Yeah, for I'll get my little walker out. I'm ready to ready to compete. Yeah, there you go. So, where can people find you? Where's the best place for them to track you down? There's a local pub here in Sacramento between Tuesdays. <laughs> oh no, sorry. Oh, you mean online? Oh, online. Um, online, people can reach me at shanebarker.com. That's S H A N E and then B A R K E R dot com. And this is going to make uh, my executive assistant cringe, but you can directly email me at shane at shanebarker.com. And yes, that is my true email. And there's a 40% chance that I will actually email you back, but there's a 60% chance that Ian, my assistant, will email you back. Well, there you go. So listeners, you could just email them three times and you know, one of those times that he'll, he'll be the guy. That's the only guarantee for sure. I will definitely, <laughs> I will definitely answer one of those probably because I'm filing a police report or a screening order or something because you shouldn't email him any of that, that many times. <laughs> well, Hey, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you hanging out with us and sharing today. That was awesome, Doug. Thank you so much for having me. So there you go, listeners. There's another episode. I hope this has really stretched your mind and given you some insight to why this may be a great fit for your existing media mix, not as a solo effort, not as a shiny new object, but as something that you investigate, like Shane said, do a little bit of research, understand the background of the industry and then uh, go make sure that you get some education and have your team educated or hire an agency like Shane's agency to get it done for you. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, we look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time.
We look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.